Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome to Reflections from the Heart. I'm your host, Jim O'Day, Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Today I'm joined by my good friends, Tom and Manal. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Thanks Jim. for having us. So glad to have you both back on the show. On today's show, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So if you have your Bible or app, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Before we get started, guys, I'd like to invite the Holy Spirit in to this conversation with an opening prayer. Would one of you guys like to lead us in prayer, please? Yeah, I'll do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for the many gifts that you provide for us each and every day. Most importantly, um, today, the birth of your Son, the culmination of the Christmas um, holiday, the Christmas um, celebration. Um, we thank you for the example that he provides for us each and every day, the example of sacrifice, the example of consistency and charity and humility. Um, we ask you to plant that deep down in us and to help us to be better fathers and husbands and friends and that we might ultimately bring those virtues to our communities for his greater glory. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. Manal, would you read uh, scripture for us, please? Um, sure. Uh, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, Behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audits with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary and his, Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then 
they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Such an amazing and beautiful story, uh, the Feast of the Epiphany, that we hear every year. And again, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit last time too. Sometimes when we hear these scriptures over and over for years, we don't actually ponder them. But to me, there's so many things that stand out in here. Uh, the first is the Magi. These were people from far away, these guys. This was a huge journey they undertook, a dangerous journey, a difficult journey. But it was so important to them to come meet this baby. And I always ask myself, is Jesus that important in my life? And it's like, wow, oftentimes probably not. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I, I, I love the Epiphany. It's, I think it's probably one of my favorite kind of celebrations of the year. Um, I just think it's a time where like Christmas can be very hectic and very stressful, but I feel like you get a little distance from it, but it, it is really a time to celebrate like offering whatever we can offer to Christ. Mm. And it's, it's just different than like offering, especially as a dad, right? Offering my wallet to my kids for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job, buddy. Right. <laughs> it's a very different feeling during Epiphany. So I just, I, I love it as a holiday, but something that struck me when I read it this time and I, I hadn't thought about it was like, these are, you know, they're, they're wise men, right? They're, they've got kind of, they, they had to be intellectuals. They had to be people that, yep. that were, were smarter than the average bear. And yet they were totally duped by Herod, right? Like he sent them, sent them, more on a spy mission than it was to 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 pay homage to to Christ, and and I the thing that kind of struck me was like that that's really easy for us to fall into in our day to day lives that we might think that we're these really good solid Catholic men and good fathers and good husbands, but man, it's really easy for Satan to dupe us. I think like he can he can put the wrong things in front of us or send the wrong message or, or put the wrong glamour in front of us. And we might follow if, if we aren't attached to our prayer lives and we don't, we don't stay grounded in the things we need to. And for them, you know, it, it came in a dream that they were warned in a dream, but for us, it should be coming through kind of constant contact with adoration, with the Eucharist, with the sacraments, because with your I brothers. think it's really easy. <laughs> With yeah, your, yeah, with your Catholic sure. brothers. With, with fellow men. Yeah, with right. fellow men with because fellow men. we need it. Um, I think it's real easy to get kind of duped in this world and and feel like you're doing the right thing and you may not be doing the right thing all the time. And, and it takes some accountability and it takes something to kind of to, to stay connected to. And if, and if we're not, we get off track. So I think for me, the, the interesting thing for me in this, this time around reading it was that these wa quote unquote wise men, um, 
they, they still like, it takes humility. It takes, it takes accountability. It takes us our friendships with other guys, whatever it might be. And, and certainly a serious prayer life to, to stay on track. So it's just one thing that just kind of shook me this time around. So. And that's an awesome insight. And, and that's the beauty of scripture, right? It's always alive talking to us right where we're at in that moment, in those areas where God wants us to work. You know, speaking speaking of Herod, think about this. You know, king, king of the Jews, right? And uh, he did a lot of uh, machinations to get there with the Romans. If you look back historically, he was a real uh, person. He's just not uh, in the Bible. There's actually other things written about him and all his... Um, political uh, wheeling and dealing that he did to get this position. And then he's scared of a baby. He's afraid of a baby. And, and I almost think that that was his opportunity, right? That was his opportunity for an epiphany. Um, he knew that there was something special potentially about this child. And instead of going like the Magi and worshiping him, his opportunity, he actually wanted to kill him because of fear of losing what he had. Greed, power, whatever you want to call it. And it really, it really struck me how a grown man uh, could behave that way. But then it also struck me, and I asked myself, what am I afraid of losing? And what would I do to keep? what I'm afraid of losing. Um, you know, the, the, the Magi went to see the baby, to see Christ. Talk about humility. Born in a manger, Mary and Joseph taking care of this infant in a manger. And these three wise men show up with these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they must have been like, what the heck is happening? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but they remained humble, right? And Mary, it, it seems to me, she was a woman who pondered. She must have been pondering the meaning of those gifts. And those gifts were very specific. Gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, and myrrh for a dead body. What was she thinking was going on? Thoughts about that, boys? Man, you know, it's really interesting listening to you guys kind of think about these things because um, I, I think my initial thought wasn't so much about the gifts as it was kind of like you, like you did, Jim said about the Magi. Um, I mean, this was a, it was a tough journey. Um, these guys must have been tough guys. They couldn't have been sissies. They had to put up with a lot of a lot of stuff out there, right? But they. Uh, but but it was so important to them that they made this happen, and they brought these gifts. They were wise men. They waited for this a long, long time. They they were, and and yeah, maybe they were duped a little bit, but they were waiting for this, and they they wanted to believe it, which I love. I think that's beautiful. Um, you know the 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 reflection on Mary. That's pretty interesting to think about what was going through her mind. I I have to believe that, um, given how pure she was. She had a sense for what was to come. Um, you know, when we're in tune with our 
with our prayer and our scripture and things like that, certain things, things just become a lot clearer to us. And when we're not, they don't, they're not clear. So I, I got to believe that with a the kind of woman that she was, she was a lot more in tune with what was to come for him. Um, and certainly there was joy, but there had to be a, a sense of kind of, uh, hmm, I wonder what's happening here and, and how I'm going to sure. handle this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Concern, you know, yeah. but you know, I, the other thing I was thinking about, I think about everything, you know, as a dad, I think about everything through that lens. I think about Joseph. Think, you know, there's no, there's no mention of Joseph really in this, like there isn't anywhere else. But I think about what um, the buildup to this was like for him. Everything that he did to protect her, to prepare for this, to to get them out of harm's way, to, to finally be in this um scenario in this in this setting and to see these magi walk through the door i can't imagine what kind of joy must have come over him um and how you know how he just must have felt um very fulfilled that that he did god's work Mm. the way um it was meant to be carried out so um i think that's a good uh a good lesson for me and and a a good visual for me to kind of kind of carry forward well, and it can be really tough um, to to have that humility that Joseph must have had to just be there and let these men come and, hey, what are you doing here? This is my kid. Back up. But mm-hmm. no, he had that humility to let them come and, and worship. Um, not an easy thing if you think about it. And And all of us are dads. We would have been like, whoa, not so close to the baby. Who are you? But he didn't do that. And, and, and I think we don't hear about Joseph a lot, but one of the things that always strikes me with him is just this incredible humility, but also strength. He wasn't a wimp either. He did everything he had to do to protect Mary and the child. And, um, but he did it in a very humbly, humble way. And what a great lesson for us as men and fathers. Yeah, interesting. I love what you both said, and, and we take all of this from the perspective of men and fathers, and really the two men in the story that are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum between Herod and Joseph, right? And Herod and the pride and the greed and the status and, and trying to hold on and not lose, and then Joseph, the complete opposite, the humility and willing to give everything to get no recognition, to have no status, so little recognition that he's not even mentioned right. here in this, right? It, it, it is such an interesting, I love what you both said just as far as, because it, it leads us, It both, both men lead us in the same direction, one away from Herod, the other toward what Joseph is doing, but they lead us in that same direction of humility and service mm-hmm. and, and hiddenness in a sense. Um, which is really what, what we're supposed to be doing, right? Uh, you know, is it John or John the Baptist now? I'm drawing a blank who said, you know, he, he must increase so that I must decrease. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that, that, that concept of Joseph is the perfect example of that, of like, I'm just going to decrease into the background and, and eventually Christ is going to increase. And that's the whole point of this, where Herod was totally the opposite, right? right? Trying to hold on to his increase. Um, but I had never thought about that. 
Herod as the character in this, Jim, and the way you phrase that of, you know, what am I not willing to lose and what am I trying to hold yeah. on to? That's really, I mean, it's a great question that we should probably, it's a great way to start out the new year too of just like, what is it that I'm not willing to let go of or what is it that I'm trying to hold on to for myself? What a great kind of step one for the new year. Well, to, yeah, to kinda... and, and, and with your line, you know, what is blocking me from Christ increasing in my life? It's probably something I'm trying to hold on to. And so what a great, uh, you know, New Year's resolution is how can Christ increase in my life by me letting go of what I need to let go of? Mm-hmm. Wow. it's a And it's not an easy thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a scary question uh, for many men because when you look into um, what it is you're holding on to, many of those things that we hold on to are what we feel gives us identity. But that's not true. Our biggest identity, our most important identity, is that we are all sons and daughters of a loving father. Just like the baby Jesus. And you think about all the things God had to do to make this happen at this particular point in time. He orchestrated it all. He wants to take care of you too the same way. One of the other things, guys, I just wanted to talk about for a few minutes that that really struck me, well, two things. First is that the shepherds and the magi, the shepherds were Jews, the magi were not. They were foreigners. So Jesus truly is for all even from when he was a little baby. And I've never really thought about that until I read this scripture today. And then the second thing is, think about that star. What is the guiding light in your life that you're following? Those guys followed that star for thousands of miles, thousands, and they followed it because it was bright enough in their life What is that in our lives? Just something I've been thinking about in preparation for this today. So I'm I'm thinking through that now. I don't think I've ever been asked that question of like, um, but I actually, I haven't, I haven't done a good enough job kind of thinking through New Year's resolutions. And I'm not a huge fan, by the way. To either, but but um, I, for me, um, one of those stars I think that I need to do a better job of um, seeking uh, because I do think that it will lead me closer to Christ, and probably a, a direct path is is the rosary. Mm. I, I think um, I think to be really intentional about a daily rosary. Um, it is probably one of those stars that I, I need to clear a little bit of vision to follow, to, to follow and, and just keep my eyes set on that. Um, and for what, I don't know if it's a man thing or I don't know if it's just a, a formation thing or what it is, but I, I, I don't think that I probably give Mary the, the proper place that she deserves, but really when it, when it comes to it, God chose her 
to give us Christ. Yeah. Like, why am I not choosing her to find him and to go back to him? So, um, you know, I, I think that's it's probably a, a nice resolution for for me as as we start the year to to maybe identify her as that star. Um, that'll shine that light. So, well, I think that's a great resolution, and and the rosary actually. There's so many good. Um, you know, sometimes when we pray the rosary, it can be just kind of rote, right? We just, but there's so many great reflections on the different mysteries of the rosary. And when you're praying them, it can be really a conversation uh, between you and Mary and God. And what a beautiful thing to be able to do uh, each day in this new year is to offer that little bit of time, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it takes you. Um, great. I think that's a great idea, Manel. Tom, you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, I do actually. Um, you know, Manel and I are really, really fortunate. We have brides that, uh, far exceed our intelligence and beauty. Um, <laughs> I can vouch have, for that. Uh, <laughs> and they have, given us beautiful children um, and they, they have sacrificed their lives uh, to do that. And I think it's, it's a great um, reminder to me, given this reading and given the sacrifices that Mary endured um, to find a way, find ways to um, honor and um, honor and lift them up uh, more in the new year um, in in the ways that we, you know, speak and, and, uh, care for them and, um, and just anticipate their needs. Um, I think our world needs it so much. They need to see great examples of, of holy, um, families. And that starts with us. Um, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be done with a lot of fanfare. It just needs to be done with all, just like Joseph did with a lot of, um, a lot of care and a lot of intentionality um, in the ways that our kids can see so that, that it just makes them realize, wow, this is where, this is where it all starts. And this is what actually makes for great families and great communities. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more about this year is, is ways to, um, is to honor her a little bit more. I think that's beautiful, brother. And I, and I think you said something really important. It doesn't have to be a huge effort. It's in the little things. Uh, that we do. W one of the things in my work here at Integrity Restored, ladies and gentlemen, I work with a lot of couples who are struggling with porno porno pornography addiction and betrayal trauma. And one of the things I tell every couple to do every day is just have those little moments, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where you share with each other. What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? You're not trying to solve each other's problems but you're communicating and you're sharing. And that can be so important for men uh, because often that's a lesson in humility for us to sit down and take that time and share something. It's easy to share the good stuff. The bad stuff can be very difficult or the difficult stuff. So I love what you're thinking about. And I think that's a, that's a great uh, opportunity for all of us as husbands, as fathers, um, to do that with our wives. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we've, we've got a few minutes left. And the one thing I wanted to talk about 
Um, you know, we say the word epiphany as this feast. Um, there were so many levels of epiphany to the people in this story. And there's so many levels of epiphany to us in our daily lives. Um, you guys just want to share uh, some of maybe an epiphany that happened in your life that really helped you draw closer to the Lord? Man, you're not throwing softballs today. <laughs> you know, it's the new year, buddy. I got to come out swinging. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I'll jump in here um, because mate, this this is a, a low-hanging fruit, but I think it's it's a really good one. Um, we've we've uh, this year been blessed with a second grandchild and a um, and a, a third one on the way in 2024, um, and I think that um, just the ability to be able to see your children um, pursue a life of faith um, that you always hoped that they would. Um, and bring about new life, baptized in the Catholic Church. Um, just it's just such it's so satisfying to see. It's an affirmation in a way that um, that the things that you've done have um, gotten you and them on the right path. So I think that's that's one way for me that's been really powerful in the last um, the last six months, last year or so. And it's great being a grandpa. It is, it is. so much more it fun is. than being a dad. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right for the for the younger guys in the yeah. crowd <laughs> so so i'm going to share one with you um when when i first came back to the church um i was on fire i was crucifix everywhere in the house statues holy pictures, everything, except the bedroom. Didn't want Christ in there. And when you're having a relationship with your wife and you're being intimate, who do you think invented that? God, the Father, he invented that. So I was talking to a priest one time, and, and this was a, an epiphany moment. He, he said that to me. He said, Jim, who do you think invented sex? What? You didn't come up with any of this. Make your intimate time with your wife a prayer. And that was a huge epiphany and what a beautiful opportunity to have an even deeper uh, physical relationship with your bride. Guys, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much for joining me again. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks as always for listening. This has been Reflection from the Heart, a program of stewardship, a mission of faith. God bless your journey. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.